God is up to something. You're streaming from all around the world. You're coming to you live here from Sacramento and through our campus in Los Angeles. To all of our friends and followers around the world who tune in every single Sunday, we love you, we bless you. The same Holy Spirit that's in this auditorium in Sacramento is right there in your house, right there in your car, right there in your setting, wherever you may be, God is there. And there is a word with your name on it. I want to speak to you. We're going to commence today a brand new series. It will cover us through June and July, bare minimum. It may go through August. We're going to dissect a, a personal biopic narrative here. Every summer, for all these years I've been pastoring, we focus on a biblical personality where we can extrapolate biblical truths that will unleash God's purpose and destiny for our respective lives. It will get us closer to Jesus. It will glorify Christ, exalt Christ. And there's a story of a man. I'm going to give you the title of this series for the next X number of weeks. The title of the series is The Holy Hippie. Now, if you're from California, you have a little bit of hippie in you. Some of us have a little bit more hippie than others. But it's, we can't deny the fact that you're streaming from other parts going, what's a holy hippie? I want to speak to you about a man named Samson. Samson was a long-haired man, unorthodox in so many ways, and he is the embodiment of this holy hippie. It, great story. Samson really represents the struggle between ambition and anointing. If ever in your life your ambition is greater than your anointing, you will experience failure. When the anointing is greater than the ambition, you will thrive. It's the struggle and the tension between integrity and influence. He had influence, but he lacked integrity. So he went through a serious chapter in his life because in life we will learn through Samson that integrity must always be greater than our influence. Are you getting this? And great story. I mean, he was an answer to a prayer. The leader of God's people, one of the strongest human beings. He is officially, if you Google this according to Stan Lee, the first Avenger. The man had superhero powers. That's not like hype. He really did. He took a jawbone and he defeated an entire army of a jawbone. He had strength. He had supernatural strength. He was one of the strongest human beings ever to live and yet one of the weakest leaders. The dichotomy. He was strong and yet weak, anointed yet ambitious. He failed God, but God never failed him. We're going to make this into a, a soap opera here. I'm going to tell you what I was going to do, but we didn't have the props. I will next week. I wanted to come in here with a, wing, with a wig with long hair and preach to you for the next eight weeks with a long hair wig. Because the secret sauce for Samson was the hair. So God makes this pact with the parents, right? Mom couldn't give birth. God shows up, speaks through an angel, says, I'm going to give you what you've been praying for. The impossible is about to take place. But here it is. He's going to be part of a Nazarite group. That's a special select group of people in the Old Testament who couldn't cut their hair. As long as Samson doesn't cut his hair, no supercuts, nothing. As long as he doesn't cut his hair, he will have the power and the anointing. So this Samson one day, he hooks up, literally, in, in every way, including the millennial and Z application of that term. He hooked up 
Well, the woman named Delilah puts his head on her right here on her knees and chop, 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 loses the hair. Loses everything. Way beyond the hair. His reputation, his authority, his strength, his title, his position, his money, his fame. He lost everything, everything. And then comes one of the most redemptive verses in all of the Bible. Judges 16.22. Open up your Bibles, if not fake like you have one. And here comes the verse. But before long, his hair began to grow back. That should put a smile on everyone's face. No matter what life cut off, no matter what the enemy cut off, no matter what you, through your own actions and choices, permitted to be cut off, whatever has been cut off that had purpose on it, praise be to God that whatever is of God will always grow back. I want you to get ready for the greatest comeback of your life. I want you to get ready next to the resurrection of Jesus. You're about to see a story here of a man that came back on steroids. This is an incredible story. He was on top. He went way down. And then by the last chapter, wow, what God does for him is truly remarkable. It begins with Judges chapter 13. We must begin from the, all the way, the very initial silo of the narrative. The Israelites, verse 1, did evil in the Lord's sight. The Lord handed them over to the Philistines who oppressed them. In those days, a man named Manoah from the tribe of Dan lived in the town of Zorah. His wife was unable to become pregnant. They had no children. The angel of the Lord appeared to Manoah's wife and said, even though you have been unable to have children, you will soon become pregnant and give birth to a son. So be careful. You must not go to Napa. The next, the Napa verse. The Napa. The next verse. I think they had some Napa back there in the booth. The next verse. That means verse four, the one after the the red blend and the Pinot Noir. You must not. You all back there? Oh, it's, it's you must. You. It's five o'clock somewhere. You must, my goodness, you must not go to Napa or any other alcoholic drink nor eat from any taco truck. That's what we call forbidden food. If you're from Lodi, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, so don't drink any wine or any alcoholic drink or eat any forbidden fruit. I love this. This is the holy hippie story. Hey, real quick, this won't be quick. Number one, but you're going to get this. It's going to change your life. Forgetting what God did in your past will hold your future captive. I'll repeat that. Forgetting what God did in your past will hold your future captive. Forgetting what God did in your past will hold your future captive. Again, the Israelites did evil in the Lord's sight. And the Lord handed them over to the Philistines for 40 years. You know why? The Bible says that God rendered them over because they forgot what he did for them. Yeah. 
No, they forgot. If you forget, forgetting what God did for you will hold your future captive. They forgot, according to Scripture, how he freed them from slavery in Egypt. How he made a way where there was no way. How he provided for them in the desert. How he brought down the walls of Jericho and gave them the promised land. Before we continue, I just want you to know that God hasn't changed one single bit. What does that mean? The God that we serve, he is still setting the captives free. The God that we serve, the God of the breakthrough is still making a way where there is no way. The God that's in this house and in your life right now is still providing for you and me in the deserts of our lives. He's still bringing down the walls in front of us and he's still calling us to the promised land, which is his holy presence. We can never forget the enemy's objective is to make you forget what God did for you. God, the enemy wants you to forget what, especially when we pray for things and things don't come to fruition, we begin to blame God. And we forget what he did for us in the past. Oh, man. The type of people that are awkward, peculiar would be the appropriate terminology in the New Testament. The way Peter describes it is peculiar people, awkward people, strange people, to a great degree, weird people. What makes you weird as a believer, and I know I stated we're not weird, we're wired, but in full disclosure, we're a little bit weird. Um, it's just speaking by faith, but we're a little bit, because Christian people are a little bit different. We're a little bit peculiar. We don't walk like the rest. That's why people know we're believers, because we, we, we're, when everything is going to hell in a handbasket, we still walk like Jesus is on the throne. We still act... We still act like we know because we don't forget how. And, and then the people that are always like smiling and, and not everyone has to do it every day. But those that you that break through it, you have like this confidence because you know that he did it before. And he'll, mm. So you, you don't forget how he saved you. You, you. you don't forget how he freed you. You don't. That's why some people praise different than others. People that always remember how he favored you, how he healed you, how he covered you. How he took you out of the pit and he turned you around. How he covered you when you were exposed. How he loved you when you couldn't even love yourself. That's why you praise the way you praise and worship the way you worship. That's why you lift up your hands. That's why you shout unto God of the voice of triumph. It's not because you're religious. It's because you can't forget what God did for you. You can't forget what he did for you. Forgetting what God did in your past will result in the future held captive. You ne never, ever forget what God has done. Psalm 77, 11. I will remember the deeds of the Lord. I will remember your miracles of long ago. I will remember. I will remember. Never forget what God did in your past. Ever, ever, ever. Because then you come to the eternal truth. If you remember what he did before, if he did it before, if he did it before, if he did it before, and if he did it for you, he can do it for your children. All you, 
He can do it for your children and your children's children and the people that you've been praying for. If he did it before, he can do it again. And if he did it for you, he will do it for the people you love in your life. You need to believe with me that the people you love in your life, they will be saved. They will be delivered. They will be healed. They will be filled. They will be set free. Never forget, ever forget what God did for you. Because forgetting what God did for you in your past will result in the future held captive. Number two, God is attracted to impossible circumstances. He is. The angel Lord appeared to Manoah's wife and tells her, you have been unable to have children. You will become pregnant and give birth to a son. That's pretty specific. Wow. That's pretty amazing. Now, God looked down and mercy overcame disappointment. Mercy, mercy showed up. He doesn't pick the most fruitful, fertile woman on the planet. God, God doesn't choose. God easily could have selected the woman who gave birth to 14 kids. Right? No Netflix, no Amazon Prime. She was binging, but not on any of that. And God says, mm, let me see the woman who... Let me see the woman who has tried, never been able to get, yeah. Show me the woman that everyone said it's impossible. Show me the family that everyone else says it's impossible. They'll never see it. They'll never have it. They'll never hug them. They'll never love them. They'll never have Show me the one that everyone else has something, but they don't. Show me the empty woman. Show me that, that broken woman. That, because if I show up to the woman who has 14 kids, they're going to think it was her husband. They're going to get the credit. But I am attracted to impossible circumstances. Because if I show up in a place where everyone has written them off, if I show up to the person where the medical report said there's no way you can be healed, if I show up to the, to the person who said you suffered a bankruptcy, you're never going to own a home, and you're never going to be economically viable and blessed. If I show up to the marriage that already fell apart, if I show up there, the only one that will get the glory will... What does this mean? God looks for the empty to fill. Woo! He looks for the broken to heal. He looks for the poor to make rich. He looks for the last to make first and the bound to set free. God is attracted to impossible circumstances. Why are you here on this day? And you even bypassed the bureaucracy of a shutdown highway and you somehow got here because you are here to hear that God is attracted to impossible circumstances. I feel the Lord, man. I don't care how impossible the circumstance may be. The God of the impossible is in this place right here, right now. Show him a barren womb. Show God a closed door. Go ahead. Show him a shattered dream. Show him a bad medical report. Show him a low credit score. Show him an empty bank account. Show him a dysfunctional family. Show him a world coming out of a global pandemic and get ready for one thing. God to show up. If you believe God's about to show up in your life, in your family, in your home, in your marriage, raise the roof and give God the kind of praise that lets him know. He shows up. Why will he show up? Because of Luke 137. Nothing is impossible with God. Oh, you missed it. 
nothing, somebody say nothing, nothing. is impossible with God. Another version of that, we have the Greek, the Latin, and the Aramaic translations of the initial New Testament. The original, another version says, the word of God will never fail. No, no, the word of God will never fail. The word of God will never fail. If God gave you a word, it will never fail. If God placed a word inside of you, it will never fail. If there's a word upon your children and your children's children, it will never fail. If there's a word upon your destiny and your dream, it will never fail. You need to believe with me what the Bible says about the word he's placed inside of you and over you. The word of God will never fail. Now you need to act like you believe that. You need to praise like you believe that. You need to pray like you believe that. You need to just manifest yourself like you believe that. Do you understand what this means? I've stated it on so many occasions. It means even the way that you communicate with God changes. You no longer act like if you have a child or a teenager or someone in your life that, that is addicted and bound. You don't repeat time and time again, you're a drug addict, you're an alcoholic. You don't call them by the name or the nomenclature or descriptor associated with their sin. You call them by the name that is connected to God's righteousness upon their life. Stop calling your husband a drunk. Stop calling your children drug addicts. Stop calling your marriage failure. Open up your mouth and say you are the righteousness of God. You are blessed and highly favored. You are anointed, called, and chosen. You are the carrier of God's glory. Why? Because the word of God never the word of God never there's a word over your family there's a word over your home there's a word over your death there's a word all over you and the word of God never he gave Abraham the word and it never failed he gave Moses the word and it never failed he gave Joshua a word and it never failed he gave Hannah a word and it never failed he gave Elijah a word and it never failed and he gave us us. He gave us. What did he give us, Pastor Sam? He gave us a word? Nah. What do you mean, no? You just finished saying this whole thing about the word. Yeah, he didn't give us a word. You just mentioned a bunch of Old Testament people and say you, that God gave them a word. He did, but he didn't give you and I a word. What did he give us? He gave us the word. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and the Word became flesh, <laughs> and He dwelt amongst men, and the Word is light, and darkness will never overcome Him. Jesus is the Word of God, and Jesus never failed. you like a madman, but the word, the word. So raise your right hand. Here we go. Here's the word. Here is. Here's the word for. Here's the word of the Lord for you and your family. Get ready for the impossible. No, truly, make room for the impossible. Your families are about to give birth to something amazing that will impact generations. In your family, get ready for the impossible to take place. If it's just for you, lift up your hands a little bit higher. In your faith, get ready for the impossible to take place. 
in your finances, get ready for the impossible to take place. Open up your mouth and speak into your house and say the word of God will never fail. I dare you to look into your bank account and say the word of God will never fail. Speak into that relationship full of drama and say the word of God will never fail. I dare you to text your children the next 30 minutes and say the word of God will never fail. And I'm going to ask this. Is there anyone in this auditorium or online that has enough faith to speak into our nation in the darkest hour and say, America, get ready. The word of God will never fail. If you believe in worship like the word never fails and praise like the word never fails. He is the God of the impossible. He is the God of the impossible. He is the God of the impossible. He's attracted to the impossible so that no man can get credit for what he is about to do. Isaiah 54 verse 1, sing, O barren one, you who did not bear, break forth into singing and cry out loud. You who have not been in labor for the children of the desolate one will be more than the children of her who is married. In other words, you who have never given birth to anything, you're going to give birth to so many. You're going to give birth to more than those who have been fruitful for all these years. The word of God never fails. What does this mean, Pastor Sam? It means this. Take out your cell phones real quick. If you can. And just take out your cell phone and with the person next to you, tell them, if you want to take a picture of me now, you can do your permission. Just tell them that. Tell, tell them, no, no pressure. You can. You can. Tell them the reason is, look at me now. By this time next year, you won't recognize me. I'm about to give birth to something amazing. God's about to do something in me, with me, and through me. You're not, you're not gonna give me nine months. You're about to see the glory of Jesus shine in me, with me, and through me. What does that mean? You're not going to recognize me. Why? God is taking me from glory to glory to glory to glory to glory. Because the word of God, the word of God, the word of God, the word of God, the word of God. The Word of God, the Word of God, the Word of God. The Word of men will fail. The Word of politicians will fail. Even your own word to yourself. What you promise yourself, you know. I promise no carbs today. The devil of Baskin Robbins. (sighs) But the word of God, the word of God never fails. Get ready. The final, final point is what you do when the word is inside of you will determine if the word will survive outside of you. He's been saying the word of God never fails. I didn't write the book. Verse 4. The angel says, I'm going to give you a word. Um, 
but you're going to have to take care of it. What? I have something to do? Yeah. What, but you're God. You used to give me the word and word. So when my, my wife was pregnant of our first child just a couple of years ago. But why do you laugh? get the laughter. So I was a kid. I was at Penn State University. I was studying, and, and I was a kid, literally just a young buckaroo. Um, and I didn't know, like, this is before, like, Google and all that stuff. So, like, I wasn't cognizant of, I knew math and physics in, in church. I didn't know stuff about prenatal care. I'm not making this up. She comes home. She has, at that time, back in that day, just a couple years ago, she comes with these massive vitamins. Now it's like liquid form, and I'm going like, what is that? That can't go into your body. And she goes, honey, this is part of the prenatal care. Prenatal? What? She goes, oh, yeah. This is the vitamin. I have to, like, show up to the, to the OBGYN X number of weeks from now, and then after that X number of weeks. What? I mean, what are you talking about? Oh, yeah. It's prenatal care. There's a bunch of things I have to do to make sure the baby is healthy. You got to take care of the baby. And they want to just from ultrasounds to sonograms to vitamins to regimens and then all this stuff to make sure that the baby is healthy along the way, that it's developing the right way. So you and I have a word. And then all of a sudden, it's the same thing that happens here. That's what the angel says. Be careful. You need to activate prophetic prenatal care. You got to protect the word. I'm giving you the word, but it's up to you whether or not that word is aborted. It is born prematurely or it comes to full labor. The word comes inside of you. When it's born, it's a miracle. When it grows, it's a testimony. You get that? It begins with a word. It's born a miracle, but when it grows up, it's a testimony. Well, you got to take care of it. He, and he tells them, and the things are specific. Don't drink any wine or eat any food. What does this mean? What you digest. What you digest spiritually will determine what you deliver. Let me repeat that. What comes in will determine what comes out. Now you missed it. What comes in determines what comes out. Now, even to this moment, Regarding alcohol and pregnancy, do your due diligence. That's not old school restrictive legalism. New. This is just simple. Look at it. When the Journal of American Medical Association, when Stanford and Mayo Clinic and Cleveland, and all of them come together and say, if you are with child, you better avoid alcohol. The toxins that are in the alcohol have the potential of harming the developmental phases of the infant, the baby. No, you're missing it. What it has, it, there's toxins in there. So what in the world are you digesting spiritually? The conversations that you're digesting, the things that you're digesting with your eyes, scroll, 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 watch, watch, read, read, read. The stuff that you're watching, what you're hearing, the conversations that you're hearing, all of this is stuff that you take in. Some of you had words from years ago that you never gave birth to, not because God stopped it, but because you 
did not take care of the word God gave you because you permitted conversations that killed the word inside of you because you permitted an atmosphere that was antithetical to the word of God inside of you but let not your heart be troubled I'm here to tell you in the name of Jesus get ready this word will not die this word will not be aborted this word will not be born prematurely you're going to nurture the word pray over the word sing over the word anoint the word prophesy into the word this word will come to pass if you believe it say amen it's what's around you be careful take care of the seed what does that mean take care of the seed everybody go like this there's a word inside of you. There's a God-ordained promise and purpose for your life. Make sure what you take in protects it and grows it. Do not surround yourself with negativity. Do not permit words that run counter to what God has told you to be around. That's why there are three things you should be careful of and cognizant of as it, as it pertains to who you share it with. Number one, don't share your prayers with everyone. When the Bible says come in agreement, the Bible doesn't say come in agreement with someone who barely prays. You come in agreement with someone. When I want to learn in life, to, with, great, with great due deference, if I want to learn something in life, I go to someone who knows more than I do. So when I want someone to come in agreement with me, I come in agreement with someone who is at the same level of atmosphere, same anointing, same level of maturity, and same commitment to the reality of the fullness of Christ. I'm not going to go to someone who barely prays, who doesn't even believe in the power of prayer, or whose life testimony does not exhibit the outcome of the grace filled by carries atoning work of Jesus. So when you, be careful who you share your prayers with. Number two, be careful who you share your dreams with. Sometimes your dreams don't come to pass because people strip you of your robe because you share your dreams with individuals who will then subsequently strip you because of jealousy or envy. And when your dream is cuckoo for Cocoa Puff, meaning outside the bounds of orthodoxy, outside normal dreams, and you start dreaming super big, people will not understand you. So they'll kill your dreams. And number three, don't share your wounds with everyone. The dreams, the wounds, and the prayers. Because if you share your wounds, somewhere down the world, you will be healed. But that person who you should never share your wounds may bring up your wounds in for the purpose of reopening up that wound. Because the devil is the accuser. Are you with me right now? So I'm here to prophesy to you to get ready. Because of this lesson you will learn, you're going to activate prenatal prophetic care. What does that mean? The word that God has placed inside of you, you're going to take care of it. From this moment on, what comes in will be righteousness, will be holiness, will be grace, will be love, will be truth, will be faith. When someone around you says it's never going to happen, you don't want to be around that person. All you want to do is just maybe say, watch me. Give me nine months. Keep an eye on me. Because God, to, how about this? You can even open up your mouth and say, whatever. But I'll tell you this. By this time next year, my entire family will be saved. By this time next 
By this time next year, I will be physically healed, emotionally healed, financially healed, relationally healed. By this time next year, I will be debt free. By this time next year, I will be the greatest blessing to everyone I know. If you believe that, lift up your hands and give them the best praise of the day. Stand with me. Those that are not standing. Feed the word inside of you. Nourish the word inside of you. Sing to the word inside of you. Speak to the word inside of you. Anoint the word inside of you. Prophesy over the word inside of you. All of God's promises are yes in Christ. 2 Corinthians 1.20 The same God who called you is the same God who will do it. 1 Thessalonians 5.24 You will do everything you have promised God. Your love is eternal. Complete the work that you have begun. Psalm 138 verse 8. I love that verse. Memorize that verse. Speak that verse this week. You will do everything you have promised. Lift up both hands. Just to say it. Say, Lord, you will do everything you have promised. Complete the work you have begun in me. In the name of Jesus. Because your word will never fail. Now, with your hands raised, we're going to make a little covenant agreement based on what you just heard from the word of God. Repeat after me. Heavenly Father, I will not say anything. Digest anything. Surround myself with anything that can harm the word you have placed inside of me. With both hands a little bit higher. Therefore, by this time next year, my entire family will be saved. The people that I love the most will be serving Jesus. I will be physically, mentally, emotionally, financially, relationally, perfectly healthy. My debts will be paid in full. And I will live, I will give, I will love, and I will forgive like never before. In Jesus' name, now you can give him the best praise. All the holy hippies, please stand up. If you got this word, raise your hand. If you're going to protect the word, raise both hands. If you do understand that as Christians, we have to be careful with what we do with the promises of God and the word of God. Don't forget, word, miracle, testimony. That's the process. It's the caterpillar to a butterfly. That's what we're going through right now. We're coming out of this COVID-19 pandemic. And many of us look like the caterpillar in the cocoon, hanging upside down. We look like that. We've gone through a process. We look dead. Some people look dead, families dead, finances dead, dreams dead. All of a sudden, there's a crack. That's what we're, This is the season of the crack. I sense prophetically this is the summer of the crack. People thought you were dead. You were hanging upside down, then the crack. And when that crack, boop! takes place this is what happens next man that's what you're coming out of 
It's a process. The God of the process is the God of the outcome. This is you and your family. This is you. Ladies and gentlemen, you. That's why I told you, take a picture. You won't recognize me. You were that. Now you're ready to fly. Somebody give the Lord some praise like you're ready to blow up. You're ready to reach heights like you've never reached before. It's a new season. It's a new you. You're coming out of it. Somebody shout, I'm coming out of it. God's word never fails.